hey, what do we like to do together? What are some of our favorite Play activities? basketball, beating each other in the pants off, sleeping with each other, and cuddling with each other. And cuddling with each other. And go to the pool. How old are you? Five. It's about damn time. It's about dad time. Let's celebrate. Welcome back. It's New South. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's right. It's about dad time. Welcome back. Due South here on WUNC. I'm Jeff Tabiri. We're going to begin a series of conversations now about fatherhood in the weeks, months, maybe even years ahead. We hope to have discussions about the joys and sorrows, frustrations, questions, challenges, funny moments, lessons learned, and so much more that comprise a central part of my life and so many others, being a dad. On this inaugural episode, we're talking about expectations, personal and societal, that met us as we began this dad life. Here in studio, Ben McKeon. He has twin boys who are three years old. Ben is a photojournalist who does some freelance work for WUNC. That's how we first met, covering Hurricane Florence. Ben lives in Raleigh with the boys and his wife, Mallory. And Mark Shen is here, too. He has a son in the second grade and a daughter in preschool. Mark is an assistant professor at UNC School of Medicine and researches neurodevelopmental differences. He and his wife, Audrey, live in Carborough. Welcome, dads. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. It's an honor. It really is. Happy to be here. So let me just say off the top, I was thinking about this segment. I wanted uh, some dads who were, were thoughtful. I wanted some dads who think about this stuff. And when I called each of you, I said, hey, here's my idea. And both of you immediately were like, I think about that all the time. Tell us a little bit more about each of yourselves in any direction you want to go about your your dadhood, about your professionalhood. Just like give us a little bit more about who you are. Mark, go ahead. I think being a dad is the most rewarding part of my life. And it also is the most challenging <laughs> part of my life. And that's what makes it special. And I'm very fortunate to have an incredible partner through this journey. My wife, Audrey, and I have been married for nine years. And every day is different, and I, I think one of the biggest challenges is juggling work and, and family life. And that's um, obviously a very obvious statement for a lot of people, but it's something that takes constant work, and there's no perfecting it. Uh, and each day adds its new challenge, and every day that we get through that our kids are happy and healthy, we chalk that up to a success. And I do think, Ben, I'm coming to you in a second. Mm-hmm. Well, it is obvious to be like, oh, yeah, like this is super hard and it's exhausting and it's frustrating and it's beautiful and it's rewarding. That conversation doesn't happen from my perspective as much as it should. And then you get into it, right? Like you're, you, you, you see a, a fellow dad at work or you go to a basketball game or grab a beer or uh, you have a coffee date or whatever. And like these things come up and you're like, oh, like you're you and I are like we're, we're dealing with very similar things. But for some reason, we haven't been engaging or discussing on it. Ben, talk to us. My wife, Mallory, and I found out that we were having twins in early March 2020. So the inherent shock of just learning that, you know, I'm going to become a father combined with the shock that we all felt at that time in the world, uh, I I haven't processed it one single bit. (laughs) So, So our boys were born in September 2020, right in the thick of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, when people ask me, how are your kids? How is it to be a dad? It's hard to describe 
that it is the absolute best thing that has ever happened and will will ever happen to me. But it's also the hardest thing that I could have ever imagined. And I agree with you, Mark. There aren't a lot of places to really get into that. So this is, yeah, I'm excited about the opportunity to <laughs> to let off some steam, I guess. Ho- hopefully these segments about fatherhood are real, authentic, funny, thoughtful, maybe even vulnerable at times. And we want to hear from all different types of dads as we continue these conversations. The three of us here on this episode are all married to women, and we all have college degrees, careers, and financial stability. So let's acknowledge some privilege off the top. And I also want to note two other things. First, this is not an advice segment. And two, there are all kinds of fathers. And hopefully in due time, many of you will be part of this segment too. Single dads, stepdads, divorced dads with custody, those without, black fathers, brown fathers, same-sex fathers, men who became dads when they were barely men, teenage fathers, men who want to be fathers who don't yet have children, dads who have endured the unthinkable and lost children. Father figures of all kinds are what we desire in this space. Okay. So to circle back to something you just mentioned, Mark, uh, a few moments ago, who do you talk to about being a dad? Yeah, great question. I, I mean, I, I feel very fortunate to have a great support network. I mean, my best friend, uh, Scott, who lives in Philadelphia, we've been best friends since fourth grade, so you know, almost 40 years. And I talk to him all the time about it. Um, my brother, who's my older brother, is nine years older, you know, started having kids before I did, um, has uh, someone who I talk to. Um, and then anyone who I connect with, really. And, and I think particularly those, I mean, Audrey and I moved to the Research Triangle from California about nine years ago. And so that was a big move for us. We were meeting friends for the first time. And those friends that we've met over the last nine years happen to be in the same life stage as we are because we naturally meet each other through our kids' activities and we're the same age. And so those friendships that have met here, a lot of them, they're founded on getting married for the first, you know, getting married, having kids for the first time, uh, being a dad for the first time. And, and that that has been really helpful. And we're all kind of going through the same thing in the same life phase. We're going to get to lots of uh, more specific and personal things, but I'm going to ask us to rewind seven-ish years for you, Mark, seven, seven and a half years, three and a half, four years for you, Ben, as you were both getting ready to become fathers when you, your partners, your wives were pregnant. I want to talk about expectations. What were kind of some of the big societal expectations that that you had? Oh, here here's the here's the role of being a dad. What were those expectations? And then how did you kind of parse them out individually? What were what were the, the big societal expectations and what were your expectations before you ever became a father? That's a really good question. The the idea, the the concept of being a father my my experience with fathers was primarily with my father, right? Um, often how it works. Not right. always, but often. <laughs> right, right. And so this isn't a critique of my father's fathering. This is a critique of the time that my father was a father. I knew that I wanted to be a different kind of father than fathers were expected to be at that time. I'm not – this is not about my dad specifically. This is about – what it meant to be a father back when I was born. 
Dad, I know you listen to WMC. <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't about you. I wanted to be a different kind of father than the fathers were supposed to be when I was born. And um, so expectations, um, well, I expected my life as a freelancer was not very conducive to being a father. You know, mm. I, I, I worked at home most of the time doing the businessy stuff, the editing photos, all that sort of stuff as a freelancer. And then the jobs that I do typically are calls or emails or texts or whatever that I just say yes to if I can. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm under no illusions that when my kids are sixteen or seventeen that I'm gonna be the one person they want to spend all their time with. Right. Uh, in fact I hope that they don't. Um but I want I, I always wanted to be the kind of dad that when they are that age or when they're thirty or forty, if I'm still around, that they would feel like they could come to me and be safe. So, yeah, I, I also I described it to Mallory, my wife, as trying to imagine a color you've never seen. Hmm. Um, you, you can't. You can imagine that there is one. Um, what, how do you imagine being a father before you are one? I don't know that it's fully possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Mark, expectations for fatherhood as you entered this realm. I'm not so sure if this is actually expectations, but I... I... In my family unit, um, you know, Audrey has her own um, very successful career and in a lot of ways more successful than mine. And so we knew going into parenting that we, or at least my expectation of myself was that this was going to be 50-50, that we were going to share 50-50 of the childcare and, and um, all the joys that like come with it. Uh, and that we would support, mutually would support, support each other's career and along the way. But the probably one of the best pieces of advice I got prior to our our son being bored, our first child being bored, was that at least in the beginning, your role, your job is a supporting role, and you're not the star of the show. Uh, the mom and the child are the star of the show. Your job is to support the mom as much as possible through everything that she's going through, uh, and the the baby is going to want and need to be with the mom. And that was actually really helpful to adjust my own expectations mm. that our baby is going to gravitate more towards mom than to me. And that all of the late night feedings, my job is to help as much as possible so that my wife can get some sleep. And so that meant taking turns doing bottle feedings. That meant, you know, sleeping in a different bed so that when the baby wakes up, I can be the first one there so that my wife can sleep. And I think that there are some dads who have told me that their their feelings are hurt when, you know, their child, you know, has a preference for their mom. But I guess because I had was had the privilege of having that advice to adjust my expectations going forward, I recognize that that's, that's biology, right? And that's actually a very adaptive, positive uh, aspect of, of humankind that, that they have a preference you know, for their mom. And so that took some adjusting of expectations. Having twins was a, was a, was a strange upending of some of those expectations um, because it's never one-on-one. Right. Um, the the uh, the other thing is that my uh, and I, I don't mean to say any of this to devalue your experience. It just as having twins is, has been a an interesting study in what 
is different with two. The other thing is that, so my wife was working in healthcare at the time. Um, she, she, she still does, but she was working at a hospital. Um, so after her maternity leave, uh, because we were in the middle of COVID and I really didn't have any work, I became sort of the de facto stay-at-home dad, um, which is absolutely not an expectation that I had for this before this happened. It Having two made it a strange um, adjustment. Well, yeah. also being a first-time parent and yeah. having to... I, I and mean, a last-time parent. <laughs> <laughs> If you changed a diaper as a dad in the 80s when I was a kid, it seemed like you were going to win, you know, you're going to get... You get the participation a, trophy. A, an extra huge uh, dad of the year mug. In the, in the minority yeah. there. The, the other thing that I realized pretty early on with our you know, firstborn totally messing up the change of the diaper. I don't know, maybe a few days old, maybe a week old, uh, and just couldn't figure it out. I had done it already many, many times, but maybe the sleep deprivation got to me and I just couldn't do it. And he peed right in my face. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, It's a baptism. Yeah. Right. And then I realized, it just struck me, literally as I was wiping pee off my face, that he doesn't know that I don't know what I'm doing. Right. He's doing everything for the first time. This is, you know, our baby at the time. I'm doing everything for the first time. He, no one is judging me. No one in the room, in the middle of the night, as I'm trying to figure out the 35 components to the bottles and how the bottle warmer works, while also trying to manage diaper changing. No one knows that I'm screwing this up. Uh, and then I'm doing this for the first time. And at the risk of sounding like a crazy person, I actually think you are doing it perfectly when your son pees in your face. <laughs> I think that that is a rite of passage. Happened to me on the floor of our, our one of our rooms in our house. Have you been peed in the face? Uh, not in the know. face. Wow. Okay. But well, uh, yeah, I know. Luck. I'm Maybe not. I'm definitely that. not as good a dad <laughs> as you guys are. We have we have touched on diapers. Oh, we've touched on many diapers. We, we have we've <laughs> literally touched on thousands of diapers. Give me a percentage of the number, as, estimate uh, here, uh, God bless if Mallory and Audrey are listening and uh, <laughs> call into question your number, but uh, what percentage of diapers have have you changed? If, is it a 50-50 household? Is it a 60-40, 80-20? Would you care to venture a guess? I think it's, I think it, I really do think it's 50-50, yeah. If I don't come back next time, you'll know why. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, you guys had twins, so even 50 50 uh, seems like quite the feat. You know, we, had, we have two kids, they were not twins. And so part of our breakdown is that I changed more of the diapers mm-hmm. because Audrey was doing all the other things. Not all the other things, but obviously but she, she was, was breastfeeding. She was breastfeeding. And she, yeah. and she was pumping when she wasn't breastfeeding. And so it was important for her to get sleep. And so I did as much of the other things that that it was possible for me to do. And that was part of how we divided things up. I, I have a question Please. for both of you, because I think that you both have passed this stage. Uh, we're literally in the throes of potty training at the moment. Oh, I'm uh, there with what, my two-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How did you do it? What worked? So what I did often was I would put my hands into the toilet bowl and I would clean the dirty underwear. Is that what you, is that what you're asking me? Oh no, you weren't asking for such a. I'm I'm being, I'm being both facetious and funny and literal, and right. I know that's not the right. answer you're looking for. 
Our daughter is doing potty training now. Uh, our son is five and a half. He was, he was a breeze compared to her. It has been more challenging with her. So the last few weeks have been a little challenging, and my hands have indeed been in toilets that have recently been flushed because that's, sorry, the best way to clean some of these uh, uh, pairs of underpants, some of which have just gone in the cra- trash. But she is back in school. Now, you didn't, you didn't know you were going to bargain for all this, but that's, that's why we're having these conversations. That's Mark Shen, Papa to two, a second-grade son and a daughter in pre-K, and Ben McKeon, father to three-year-old twins. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a son in second grade, and yes, you will hear his cute voice from time to time here on About Dad Time on Do South. This is Do South. Do South is a production of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Our executive producer is Aaron Kiever. Producers are Stacia Brown, Rachel McCarthy, and Kodal Choco. Our technical director is Daenerys Thomas. The hosts are Leo Nita Inge and Jeff Tuberi. My dad. Thanks for listening.